Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. I'm Bharati Jagdish. Now, managing operations in an environmentally and socially responsible manner, in other words, sustainable manufacturing, is no longer just a nice-to-have, but in fact, a business imperative. And I think it's pretty obvious because we've been talking about sustainability and how much it matters to not just businesses, but consumers as well. And right now, many businesses have already started to take important steps towards green growth, ensuring their development is not just economically sustainable, but environmentally and socially sustainable as well. But clearly, not everyone has embraced these opportunities. With the pressure on all companies to reduce their emissions and to increase sustainable practices, the hard-to-abate manufacturing sector may face more of a challenge than others. The industry is set to get more help to go green with the new Skills Future courses on sustainability to be rolled out this month by H. And the Singapore Institute of Management. The training will support the Singapore Green Plan 2030. It's a national movement to advance sustainable development. Let's find out more, especially for those of you who are interested in making a career transition. Ng Tian Chong, Managing Director of Greater Asia at HP, joins us now. Hi there, Tian Chong. Hi, Bharati. Hi, thanks for joining us today, Tian Chong. So let's talk about the various facets of sustainable manufacturing first. Obviously, there's a lot of waste that can be generated when it comes to manufacturing. And I know that's something that a lot of companies in the space are trying to cut back on. What are the other facets that we should be especially aware of? Well, manufacturing, first of all, as a sector, is uh, drawing a lot of different attention. The World Economic Forum basically identified that, you know, manufacturing as a sector accounts for 20% of global emissions and, in fact, over half of the world's energy output. So, you know, you just highlighted one, but there are many, many different facets, right, that Mm. contribute to these emissions. So that's why manufacturers are now getting that holistic view of the whole ecosystem and supply chain to get a better grip of it. So we're talking here about things such as using the right materials, ensuring that you're not polluting, that your factories are not polluting, things like that, aren't we? That's correct. And in Singapore, our print head operations are at the front and center of, you know, adopting this sustainability. And, and really, it's a holistic view that spans across R&D manufacturing, which we're talking about, but also encompassing how we go to market, sell our products, how we support our products in the post-sales effort. You know, we, we really do it all across the board. It's the entire value chain, isn't it? Who your sources are, who your vendors are, all of it. That's absolutely right. And in the manufacturing part, you know, we, we basically have implemented advanced manufacturing a number of years now. We have made a really good progress. And what we've seen is a 20% decrease in manufacturing costs, 70% improve in product and quality. And better quality means less material waste, like you pointed out. And as we scale up our sustainable manufacturing, we've also implemented things like wastewater recycling, in fact, we commissioned our first wastewater uh, waste recycling plant in June this year. And now uh, we have an annual savings of up to 67,000 cubic meters of water a year, approximately 27 swimming pools, you know, for example. Mm. Of course, these are successes that you're talking about, but I'm pretty sure that there are some challenges that manufacturers in general are facing. Let's talk about those. What are the prime challenges? How can they be addressed? I feel that the prime challenges manufacturers face in Singapore are one, you know, there is a high demand for skilled talent. And 
it's harder. You know, it's a tight labor market, hard to find foreign labor increasingly. And therefore, companies need to automate and have sustainable manufacturing practices, right, in place of just being reliant on labor. Also, companies are now pressured to innovate and prototype new products and services very quickly. Product life cycles are getting shorter. And while doing it, they need to remove low-value, repetitive work. So therefore, again, they need to automate and put more sustainable uh, practices. And all this while, there's also the need to upgrade the skills of older workers in the sector. And I think, you know, these, these are a few things I just mentioned, you know, in a minute or so. I, I think are some of the main challenges that manufacturers face over here. Okay, so let's talk about talent now. What are the skills that these talent need to be equipped with? So around sustainable manufacturing, as a queen bee, we are working with Singapore Institute of Management on basically several hard and soft skills that focuses around sustainable manufacturing and sustainable procurement. Some of the topics that we cover are things uh, that span, uh, span across topics like product design, material selection and ethical sourcing, how do you design and work in a factory of the future? And then we build a case for a circular economy, you know, et cetera. So these are some of the and things like uh, systems thinking and problem solving in relation to sustainable manufacturing and also applying topics like robotics processes, automation, you know, RPA for smart manufacturing. So these are the types of hard and soft combination of hard and soft skills that we're working on. Mm. The thing is, I've heard from a lot of clients and organizations in general who say that, yeah, they have a sustainability department. So they even have a chief sustainability officer, but they're never quite sure of how to deploy people or how to train their people so that they're able to meet some of those goals. What's your advice to them? How to start on something like that and to actually ensure that all their staff at all levels, actually, not just in the sustainability department are equipped with the knowledge needed to ensure that the entire business has all of these sustainability goals in mind as they complete their tasks or as they plan their strategy. Indeed, Marathi, that's one of the things that a lot of companies struggle with. I think, first of all, in today's business environment, my advice is companies need to understand that success goes beyond the bottom line. It's beyond profitability, market share and brand recognition. And companies should, first and foremost, identify causes that speaks to their values that they can relate to or ones that their employees feel strongly about. And then with that being done, companies should then set a vision that unites and motivates their employees to work towards this cause. And then, of course, um, you know, facilitate and push through this vision and, and uh, ensure that this vision is reflected across their teams, their operations, you know, with, and set concrete and achievable goals towards achieving this vision. And then, of course, you measure your performance, and then continue fine-tuning the process and operations, right, that, that uh, help you advance towards that. So I guess here, really companies, in order to get sustainability started, should start at the big picture. It's, it's really about figuring out a cost, values that relate to the cost, and then, you know, go about doing it the way I had summarized. I think that's really important. Mm, so we've talked about it at an organizational level. Let's talk about it on the individual level. You've got these courses now. And of course, I know that you also have aims for these courses. You're aiming to train about 1,500 learners. 
these individuals, before they decide on whether or not they want to embark on this particular learning journey, they'll have to look into themselves also, right? Like, why am I doing this? Do I believe that this is the way for business going forward? Because it's not just another job or in order to stay employable, I better go and learn this. It's got to be a little bit more than that so that you can actually do it well. Absolutely right. I think that that's why, you know, uh, we say that a lot of employees today want to work for a purpose-led organization, right? They, it just goes beyond the job. And, and that is why your earlier question around how companies should start this sustainable journey. I feel that if a company first has their values in place, the right vision around it, and then the employees will know that how they fit into this big picture. And therefore, the job that they do, the training that we're providing, for example, through our Skills Future program over here, Sustainable Manufacturing, then, then they understand how it all adds up. That when they do, for example, product design, it's product design with sustainability in mind. And when we talk about material selection, it's not just about procurement, it's about how do you do it. Again, ethical sourcing, environmental, social, sustainability in mind, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, so you have to be basically purpose-led, then it makes sense. Tian Chong, just a couple more things. One of the other issues that I've heard a lot of corporations bring up is that sometimes there are way too many frameworks and global standards, or rather there is no one unifying global standard when it comes to measuring ESG in general, not just the environmental side of it. And then there are other frameworks that they often have to refer to. And of course, we've also seen some companies go down the road of greenwashing. So it can also get confusing for consumers. So tell me how you guys navigate this landscape where it's not always clear. Good question. For HP, we are crystal clear on this topic. Mm. For us, within the HP way, it's part of our DNA. Sustainability is ingrained in that. And for us, when we talk about sustainability as a framework, essentially there are three pillars that we work on at HP. One of the pillars is climate action and, of course, this whole queen bee around sustainable manufacturing and sustainable procurement is about how do you have a smaller carbon footprint, etc., etc. It's within this pillar of climate action. But there are two other pillars that we work with when we speak to the sustainability topic. The other pillar, which is equally important, is about diversity and inclusion. It's about having a diverse workforce, an inclusive workforce that's representative of the markets that HP operates in. And then the third pillar, Equally as important is about the local community, how we use our, and leverage our technology, for example, to close the digital divide you know, in the less advantaged parts of the community. So for us, when we talk about sustainability, it's an all-inclusive, holistic view of climate action, diversity, inclusion, as well as helping the local community. So that's how we look at it. And I think each company will have to figure out that combination of things to do that speaks to their values in the company. And of course, climate action is central to many, but I think there are many other important things uh, out there as well. Mm. When it comes to the absence of a unifying framework or a unifying standard for ESG reporting, do you have any thoughts? I think it's a topic that's in the news a lot. There are different standards that are you know, being uh, out there, there are the 2030 carbon plans, etc., on emissions, etc., COP targets. So I think that companies can start by researching what are the official KPIs that are set, you know, in relation to that. I think a lot of these standards relate to the climate action right. pillar, yeah. right? My advice is companies can start there. 
But equally important is not get too hung up and focus only around climate action. Because I think that the other topics around diversity and inclusion, you know, having a diverse workforce in relation to gender, age, beliefs, you know, uh, etc., etc., are equally important. And HP, for example, we believe that having a diverse and inclusive workforce brings about superior business performance. And we see that, uh, you know, coming through to us in every country that we operate in and also the local community. So I think that it starts, it's clearer and a lot of discussions and standards are set around climate action. But my advice is as companies start getting a handle on that, to give a lot of thought around the DNI topic as well as the local communities topic and then set some standards there as well. Right. I mean, you can't ignore the SG in ESG for sure. Exactly. Thank you very much for that, Tian exactly. Chong. Ng Tian Chong, Managing Director of Greater Asia at HP. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.